right, well, welcome to Living Hope Church. We're so glad you joined us this morning. Uh, if your children are going down to the children's church or just going back down to the nursery, they can just miss out the back um, with Miss Melody. Uh, if your children are staying with us, there are activities on that back table that they are um, free to grab and use throughout the service. There's a sermon notes designed for your kids that you can um, grab and use as well. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I mean, there's a couple of new families here. Uh, this is, I'm Rondi, this is my final Sunday here, so it's kind of a weird Sunday to come for the first time, and I apologize for that, but uh, we are glad that you're here this morning. Um, Pastor Ruben will be here next week, uh, so come back and meet him. Um, as I think about this Sunday, it is a Sunday that um, you know, I've really dreaded the last few months, and so uh, try to get through it. <laughs> Not off to a good start. <laughs> um, the thing I've struggled with is like, what, what do you say? What do you, what do you preach on um, today? Um, how do you say goodbye to a place you have poured your life into for? <laughs> for seven years. How do you say goodbye to a place you've not just pastored but started? Um, I vividly remember our first night. We got here on a February night, and there was two giant bucks in the front yard and a foot of snow. And you're just like, where have we come? <laughs> I remember waking up the next morning, and it's just dilapidated house that smelled like 1978 mixed with cat urine. <laughs> and driving over to this place, which... It was inhabitable. <laughs> it hadn't been plowed. We had to go through the Lincoln parking lot and get a running start to get over the snowbank to get into the church parking lot. I'm just thinking, what in the world have I done to my family? We moved here with a vision to start a church that would love and reach our community with the love of God. A vision that and trust that God would move, but very little more. And God has provided for us in abundance. And so as I stand here, I think back and I think of it all. I see so many that have prayed for us from across the country. I see those that have come and served. I see God's abundant just financial provision to remodel this church building. I see and I think on the moments that I met you for the first time, the joys of ministry we've experienced. I think of the disappointments and heartaches. I think of my children and your children that we've seen growing up through, grow up through these years. I think of the COVID year. <laughs> I sat on the stage and I preached to a camera. My kids turned this sanctuary into their own version of Disneyland. <laughs> I think of my wife's cancer and so many other health struggles we've experienced. And yet in all of that, these seven years, God's been so good. And so how do you say goodbye? How do you say goodbye to a community that you love and has become your home and is the only home your children know? The community's been so good to our family. and We, we already miss the people and, and coaching and going to the events and working at the rec center. And so how do you say goodbye to that? And so as I thought about all this, I thought about how do you say goodbye? What do you preach on? I gravitated to the words of Paul. Paul, who time and time again had to say goodbye to churches that he had started and people he loved as God moved them on. And in Paul's ministry, there was one church that he had a unique bond with, a unique love for, and it was the church in Philippi. And when Paul spoke of the Philippian church, he spoke with great appreciation and admiration and love and gratitude. 
In the same way, Living Hope will always be a, have a special place in our heart. It will always be a place that we look upon with fondness and gratitude. As I transition into this, this new rule, role, or have, I already have transitioned this new role of executive director of our, of our state con, uh, convention. I get to work with a hundred different churches across Wyoming. But, but Living Hope will always have a special place in our heart. And so today I want to turn to Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 1. And I just want to encourage you. I want to exhort you. And I want to say goodbye using Paul's final words uh, to his beloved Philippian church. Paul writes, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. I plead with you, you witty, and I plead with Sintais to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you um, for Paul's words and his encouragement here. God, we thank you for the time, the years that we have had here. And God, we pray that we pray along with Paul, Lord, that you would uh, strengthen this church that you would encourage this church, Lord, that you would call this church to press on and to focus on what matters. God, we pray that, that, that this would just be the foundation of what you're going to do through Living Hope. God, we pray that the great and the best days are ahead. And so, God, we pray that as we say goodbye, Lord, that you would strengthen and encourage this church as they press on in their mission to reach Green River with the gospel. God, we thank you that you are sovereign and that you are good. We think that you are a God who saves. In your name we pray. Amen. So we'll start in verse 1. Paul writes, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. And so before we get into the meat of Paul's encouragement for the Philippians and our encouragement for you, we have to begin with the foundation of the relationship. And the foundation for Paul's encouragement to the Philippians was his deep love for them and their church. Paul loved the Philippian church, and they forever held a special place in his heart. Right? Just as we said, his living hope will always hold a special joy and a special place in our hearts. And so my prayer for you is that as we leave is that you would just know how much we care and love for you all. That you would know that, that you hold a special place in our hearts because of all that we've been through and all that we have celebrated. And ultimately because we are united in our love for the gospel. Paul describes the Philippian church as his joy and crown. That's high praise from Paul, my joy and my crown. But in so many ways, that's how we feel about this church. For the last seven years, we've poured everything we have into this place. And despite us, God has moved in incredible ways. And it's hard to believe that, that we could ever be a part of anything as great or as important as that. It has been my joy and our joy to serve you and, and lead you and be a part of what God has done here. 
in Green River through Living Hope. Right, this summer and this fall has been such an incredible culmination of our time here. I have the joy and the privilege to baptize and, and celebrate faith with many of you this summer. And with each of those baptisms, I'm filled with joy and celebration for what God has done and is doing in your lives. In each of those baptisms, I not, not only remember the moment of baptism, but I remember the first time we met. And I, I celebrate and remember how God has moved since that moment. And I pray and find joy in what God will do next. You all in this church are unquestionably our joy and our crown. And we cannot wait to see what God is going to do through Living Hope next. We pray that God will continue to use this church to shine his light and his hope to this community. And we pray that many more will find their hope and their salvation in Jesus through the work of this church. And we can't wait to hear the stories. And so Paul opens up by expressing his love and his joy for the Philippian church. And then he seems to take this bit of a detour starting at the end of verse 1 and then verses 2 through 3. He writes, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with you, idiot, I plead with Sintais to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Every time I read this passage, I almost feel <laughs> a bit of sadness for you, idiot, and Sintais. Can you imagine, like, getting this letter from Paul, this beloved leader, and then you open it up and you start to read it in this time of gathering? And all of a sudden they're reading this great encouragement from Paul and they come to the end. And then all of a sudden you hear your name called. And it's Paul telling you and this other person to figure it out and just get along. And for the next 2,000 years people have read about the squabble you have with your friend. And so this morning I'm not going to call you out by name. Um, but I do echo the heart of this plea from Paul. The plea starts in verse 1. And my plea to you as individuals in the church is to stand firm in the Lord. To remain focused on what matters. And that is the gospel and the gospel alone. And so that's my first point. My first encouragement to you as individuals in the church this morning. And that is to remain focused on what matters. To remain solely focused on what matters. And that is the gospel. That's the mission for the church and for your life. You see, when you look at churches, rarely do churches become ineffective. Rarely do they become divisive. Rarely do they split over things that matter. That rarely do they split over the gospel. More often than not, churches become ineffective when they take their eyes off the gospel and they begin focusing on themselves and things that don't ultimately matter. Dr. Ord shared this a couple of weeks ago, but my encouragement for you this morning is to remain focused on the gospel and not your preferences or things that don't matter. One of the things I often get asked now that we've been in this for seven years is, well, what did you do to plant a quote-unquote, uh, that's probably a stretch, successful church? And the first thing I tell people, I, I really didn't do that much, I don't think, but God started this church despite me. But if I were to point to one thing that we have done a good job of, of as leaders and as a church, and that is that we have remained wholly, wholeheartedly focused on one thing, and that's the gospel. We haven't allowed ourselves to be distracted by things that don't matter, and we have focused on loving, serving, and sharing the hope of the gospel with our community. We haven't become a church that is so inward focused or, or so program driven that we have lost sight of our purpose and our mission, which is to go and make disciples in Green River and beyond. God has a purpose for you and for living hope. I think I say this every single week. And that purpose is not your comfort. That purpose is not your preferences. That purpose is not for you to squabble. But that purpose is to make Jesus known in your home, in your work, and in your community. And the gospel is just the good news, the story of Jesus. And that is, the gospel is that Jesus so loved you and he so loved me. And he so loved the world that he gave his, his life as a sacrifice for your sins. So that you could be forgiven. 
and so you could inherit eternal life. The gospel is all about Jesus and not about me. And the gospel speaks over our lives that we are completely forgiven, not because of us, but because of Jesus. And because of that, we speak truth over our lives and we love others and proclaim that good news everywhere we go. And so my plea for you going forward as a church and as individuals is don't ever lose sight of the gospel. Don't ever lose sight of the gospel truth in your own life and don't ever lose sight of the gospel purpose and mission you have, which is to share your hope with others. I pray that this church would always shine the hope and light of Jesus to the community of Green River. Right? We love you, but we love this community as well. And we are praying that many will continue to come to faith through you in this church. Perhaps the hardest thing about leading this community is that there are many people that we love and that we care for and that we pray for in this community that don't yet know Jesus. And we are praying that God will send you to share his hope and his love with them. So please don't get distracted by your desires. Don't get distracted by your preferences, by your wants, and lose sight of what God desires for you. You idiot and it says, Paul says, they contended at his side in the past for the gospel. But they had lost sight of it along the way. And so my prayer is that no one would ever say that of you or this church in the future. But instead, they would always say of living hope, they made much of Jesus and they contended always for the gospel. And they made him known to many. Verse 4, Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Paul's next encouragement to the Philippian church and to you and I is simple. It is to rejoice in the Lord, not just on Sundays, but always. And so that's my next encouragement to you as individuals and to you as a church is to find your joy in Jesus. Find your joy in your salvation and find it there always. Is there a more attractant characteristic for an individual or for a church than joy? Paul says in all circumstances, in all times, in all seasons, rejoice in the Lord. Paul says we don't rejoice in our situation for that is temporal, but we rejoice in the Lord because his love is constant. Paul says we don't rejoice in our job, we rejoice in the Lord. We don't rejoice in our wealth, we rejoice in the Lord. We don't rejoice because our sports team won, we rejoice in the Lord. Right? We don't rejoice in the weather, in the fall, and in the spring, and then cry in the winter, but we rejoice in the Lord. We don't rejoice in ourselves, but we rejoice in the Lord. All those other things are temporary. They are all up and they are down. They are merely circumstantial, yet the Lord is constant. And he is constantly worthy of our praise and rejoicing. No matter how terrible or how great our circumstances, Paul says we can rejoice in the Lord. And we can rejoice because of the gospel. We can rejoice in the fact that we are sinners that are worthy and deserving of nothing but an eternity separated from God. And yet while we were still sinners and far from God, Jesus died for you and I. We've been forgiven of our sins and instead of being sinners, Jesus has made us righteous sons and daughters of the King. So no matter how terrible our life is or no matter how great our circumstances seem to be, we can rejoice, Paul says, because of the forgiveness we have in Jesus. And so my prayer and my encouragement for you as individuals and for you as a church is to find your joy in the Lord, in the gospel. And so I pray that Living Hope would be marked by an unshakable focus on the gospel. And I pray that it is in the gospel that you would find your joy and your purpose. Verse 5. Paul writes, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
Right? We won't spend a ton of time on this because we've covered it in the first point. But Paul encourages the Philippian church, and I in turn encourage you to share your joy, to share your love, to share your gentleness and peace, not just with one another, but with all. And that's our next encouragement. Share your joy, your gentleness, and your peace with the world. As I said, and we talked about it extensively in point one, but your faith, your salvation, your, your joy in Jesus, it's not just for you. It's not just for the church. But we are called to share our hope with others and with our community. The Bible tells us Jesus is not just the hope of living hope. It's not just the hope of you. But Jesus is the hope of every person walking around Green River, around Sweetwater County in the world. Share your joy, your gentleness, your love, your peace with others, with all, as Paul says. Verse 6, Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And we've preached on this passage before. And if you'd like an in-depth look at this passage and the subject of anxiety, you can go back on our website and listen to one of those messages. But we just don't have time for that today. And so I just want to encourage you simply as we move forward to not focus on the things of the world or just the pursuits of this world. But instead give all things to God through prayer and to focus on the things of God. Right, this goes right along with last week's message. The things of the world, the, the pursuits of this world will leave us anxious. They will leave us wanting more, and they will ultimately leave us empty. So instead of focusing on those things through prayer and petition, Paul says pursue and focus the things of God. So that's our next point, our next encouragement. Don't just focus primarily on the pursuits of the world, but instead pursue the things of God. Paul says pray about everything and then ponder those things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. And what, there are a few things that fit that criteria, but one of them is Jesus. It is the gospel. Meditate on the gospel, the truth of the gospel. Think about Jesus at all times and especially when we are worried. How would our lives change if we spent less time focused on the problem and the problem people and the struggles of this life and the worries of this life and we spent more time focused on Jesus and his power and the forgiveness we receive and the promises of the Bible. Paul says when we focus on Jesus, on the gospel, on what he has done in our life, then no matter our circumstances, the peace of God transcends us because we are with him. And you might say, well, Paul does not know my circumstances. Right? Paul doesn't know my neighbor. Paul doesn't know where I have to work. Paul doesn't know my family. Paul doesn't understand how bad I have it. So how can he promise me this? Well, Paul's context for writing this letter to the Philippians was a jail cell in which he was awaiting an expected death sentence. And so, no, he might not know your circumstances. But Paul knew hardship and he knew an uncertain future. And yet he had joy and peace in Jesus. And so my encouragement to you as we leave is to remain focused on what matters. Much like point one, don't get distracted by all the distractions, but remain, remain focused through prayer on what matters. And that's Jesus. Make him your priority. Make him your focus. Make him the center of your life and your family. And experience his joy and his peace in the midst of it all. And then finally, I want us to turn just a few pages back to Philippians chapter 1 for our final point if you want to go there. We're in Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. 
Paul writes, I thank my God every time I remember you. He says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We talked about this some, but, but Paul was filled with joy when he thought about the Philippian church. And he was filled with joy because they were his partners, they were his friends, they were his co-workers in sharing the gospel and making Jesus known. And as he thought about his friends in Philippi, he gave thanks for what God had done through them. And he looked forward with confidence that God would indeed continue on the good work he had begun. He looked on with confidence that God would accomplish his purposes through the Philippian church. And so as we as a family transition from the community of Green River and from the role of pastor of Living Hope, we do so with thanksgiving in our heart for these past years. And we do so confident that God will continue to do incredible things through you and through this church. We leave not believing the best days are behind for Living Hope, but we leave confident that these years are but the foundation of the incredible things that God desires and will do through Living Hope in the future. And so that's our final point. And our final point is that we thank you for partnering with us to reach Green River with the gospel. We said it, we moved here with a vision to serve our community, to love our community, to share the hope of Jesus with this community of Green River, to strengthen and teach those who have come to faith and then to send every member of our church back to the community Monday through Saturday to share the hope of the gospel to all they encountered. And so thank you to all of you who caught that vision who lived out that vision and allowed me and my family to live out that vision as well. I don't, I don't have time to list names this morning, but I just want to send some general thank yous. Thank you to those that have served and, and coached and loved upon the children that God has brought through our doors. Thank you to you, the parents, that have given us the great joy of teaching your children and teaching your youth and teaching you about a God that created them and, and loves them. Right, one, of the, one of the things that saddens me the most about leaving you as your pastor is, is not getting to see your children grow up week after week. One of my true joys of the week is, is just standing in the lobby. And saying good morning to your children. I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss their smiles. I leave confident that God's going to work in their lives and he has an incredible future for them. And I look forward to hearing what God does. So thank you to those who have served and will continue to serve to love on the children of this church. And thank you parents for trusting your children to our care. In addition, I've mentioned this in the beginning, but I mean, thank you to you all, but I also have to say thank you to so many from across our state and across the country that have prayed and given and served here in Green River. Right? None of these people are here today. But this church would not exist without their prayers and without their giving and without their service to this church and community. Early on, we sent out a, a monthly newsletter to over 200 supporters across the country, people that prayed for and gave and served uh, on mission trips to this church. As we went on, those, those, those newsletters moved accordingly, but there are so many faithful people that prayed for this church and for many of you by name. Many of those that were baptized this summer, you don't know it, but you have been prayed for by name for years by many people. 
And so thank you to those that, that partnered with us to see a church planted in Green River. And lastly, I probably can't get through this, but I would be remiss if I didn't say thanks to the one person that has loved your children. And loved you. More than anyone else. It's my wife. She's downstairs. She's doing what she loves, and she's telling your children about God. And because she's downstairs, she can't get mad at me for saying these things. So don't tell her. But nobody has prayed more. Nobody has sacrificed more. Nobody's been through more. Nobody's cared more. Nobody's loved more than my wife, Melody, in this church starting process. I, I can't even begin to say enough things about what she has done to make this happen. This place does not exist without her. When we moved here, almost seven years ago now, we, we didn't have a church bank account for the first few months, and we really didn't have any money to put in a bank account. And so for the first few months we were in Green River, I didn't get paid. And so she worked full-time and cared for a two-year-old and a two-month-old so we could get off the ground. The first summer we were here, this was three months after we moved here, she hosted eight straight mission teams so they could remodel this building and so we could have church in it. And there is no more thankless and busy job than hosting a mission team. Honestly, it's awful. <laughs> it's a 24-hour job for eight straight weeks. She's loved your children. She's organized our preschool and children's ministry. She's baked countless meals for others. She's served faithfully and shared faithfully the gospel throughout our community. Uh, there are many of you here today that are followers of Jesus because she allowed God to use her to share his hope with you. Much of that time she served you in, in our church as she dealt with cancer in her own life and has managed the chronic illness of our son and our other two children. And with all that being said, perhaps nothing personifies her willingness to sacrifice and give of herself for you than her being up here leading worship this morning. Two years ago now, our worship leader moved away, and we had no plan, and we had no one willing to do that. And although she has no desire at all to do it, her music training ended in like sixth grade piano. <laughs> it has been a constant drain on her. She said she would lead so we could have worship in church. And so for the past two and a half years, we've been able to worship the Lord through song because of her sacrifice and her love for you and her desire to see the gospel spread. Every Sunday, I get to stand up here and do what I love to do, other than today. <laughs> but every Sunday, uh, Melody has given of herself out of her love for you and her love for the gospel. And God has used her and her willingness to serve, and he's somehow grown our church in this time and seen many saved. And so my greatest thanks in this journey goes to her, and I and this church are forever indebted to her and her willingness to give her all for the gospel. So as we depart, we do so with the heart of Paul. We are so thankful for those of you that have loved us and that have joined us in this mission. Those of you that have supported us and prayed for us these last years. We are thankful for those of you that have been with us most of that time, and we are thankful for those of you that we have met in the last few weeks and months. 
And we, like Paul, we are confident that God will continue to do the good work he has begun in your life and in this church. Let me read his words one more time. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So as we close, thank you for allowing me to be your pastor these past years. Thank you for loving and caring for our family. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your life. And my prayer again is that you will press on in your faith. I pray that you will continue to love one another, and I pray that you will continue to love and shine the gospel to this community of Green River. So as we close, let me pray for you, church. Dear Lord, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that you can use regular and (laughs) messed up and broken people like me to start a church in this community. God, we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness to this church in the past. God, we thank you for those that have been saved and those who have grown in their faith these years. God, and we pray that the best years are ahead. God, we we pray and we look forward to what you're going to do in the years to come. And God, I pray that, that we would, that this church would not lose hope, that they would not lose their, their love of you, that they would not grow lukewarm, Lord, they'd be passionate for the gospel, that they would not lose sight of their purpose and their mission, which is to go and make disciples of all nations, but theirs is specifically here in Green River, that they would love this community, they would love these people well. God, that they would shine your light through them with the gentleness and with the joy and with the peace in their lives. I pray many would see that, Lord, and they would come to faith as they think, I want what they have. And so, God, we pray you will continue to do the good work you have done here. God, again, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you love us. God, we thank you that you save us. And we thank you that you use us. May you be glorified through this church. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Well, I've got uh, a few announcements uh, for you this morning. Actually, I think there's a bunch of them. Uh, first of all, if you are new to Living Hope Church, there's a welcome card uh, in the front of you. Uh, in front of you, if you wouldn't mind filling that out and placing it in the wood box on the back table, we'd appreciate it. Um, that's also you can place your tithes and offerings if you consider this your church home. Um, in terms of announcements, uh, there is. Uh, no small group Bible study uh, this Sunday. There is no youth group uh, this Wednesday, but they're going to be helping uh, Pastor Reuben unload. So go see, I'm assuming, Mr. Justin about that, and he can get you some more info. Uh, we've talked about it, but Reuben will be here uh, next week. Um, and following the service, there will be um, a coffee and snack reception to welcome the Marlowe family. Uh, in terms of uh, announcements, there are also on the back table, there's information on like... So, uh, pounding or just bringing some gifts to help them as they transition to Green River. Uh, If you have questions about that, you can see Amanda, and she's got more info. There's also a sign-up sheet on the back to bring them uh, meals this first uh, couple of weeks. All right, I think that's it. I think we're good. Oh, today, Uh, you can come and join us for a party from 12 to 2 at the pavilion. Uh, Please bring a dish to share uh, for the meal. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, we are thanks for uh, bearing with me, and uh, we are thankful for all of you. And we hope 
You have a great week, and we hope you're back next week. I won't be here, but who you will. <laughs> All right, have a great day.